Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of AGT. As always, I am the host, I am Amanda Gillum, also known to the gaming community as Lady Vader 79 And, of course, AGP would not be here without our sponsors, so let me give them a quick shout-out. So, shout-out to Scott Comics and their all-ages comic, Our Supermom, where yours truly, the Ghost Hunter character, has gotten a cool new revamp and a brand-new set of powers and a brand-new outfit, so make sure that you go check that out. To Sean Forney, illustration and his... Um, independent comic scarlet huntress to the uvn the underground video network bringing you coverage of all the amazing things in the tri-state area of indiana ohio and kentucky to mark kidwell comic creator of images 68 to hasn productions and they're all ages comic peanut put it in jelly to the champion city comic con coming to you in october in springfield ohio in 2018 do we have a date yet no we're waiting on that and of course to the gem city comic con coming to you march 24th to 25th where yours truly will be doing a live let's play a live podcast and we will have a table there with some major agp swag so make sure that you come out and see us there Tickets are on sale now at GymCityComicCon.com. Now, I want to welcome back a good friend of mine. She hasn't been on in like 120-some-odd episodes after doing some research on here. But we've always been in contact with each other over on Twitter. She is absolutely amazing. Everybody, welcome Madeline Holly Rosin. Rosin, right? Rosin. Rosin, yes. Rosin. Why do I want I, – I always forget that the E should be there, but it's not. My bad. I always just call you Madeline or Maddie half of the time when I'm thinking about you, so it's my fault. <laughs> well, thank I forget you so last much. names. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It has been so long. How have you been, my friend? I've been crazy busy. I'm I'm not sure where we were at in the series uh, when I was last on the show, but uh, anyway, just just to let your, your audience know, uh, I'm the writer-creator of the steampunk supernatural comic called Boston Metaphysical Society. Um, the original series was a six-issue miniseries about an ex-Pinkerton detective, a spirit photographer, and a genius scientist who battles supernatural forces in late 1800s Boston. We went to Kickstarter with the trade last year, early last year, which was funded, so we got that out. And we are out this year with a brand new 34-page standalone story, which is a continuation of the uh, original series, called The Scourge of the Mechanical Men, featuring Granville Woods and Nikola Tesla. Nice. (laughs) And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, let's give Madeline a big round of applause and a great congratulations. She is already funded but don't worry, you are still got plenty of time. There's still, what, 23 days? So these people can still get their hands on this Kickstarter as well. Yeah, we have 23 days. Uh, we have already blown through our first stretch goal, which is this amazing print of um, 
Granville and Tesla by Carl Allstetter, who's worked for Marvel and DC and Image. And you can go check it out on the uh, the, the Kickstarter homepage. And we're almost halfway to our second stretch goal, actually. So we're just motoring along. Um, yeah, I've got uh, fortunately, we, we usually do well, so people walk away with lots of goodies, which which I love to do. I love to give backers all the extra goodies that come with the stretch goals. So, <laughs> um, um, so yeah, come on down and, and pledge. We have uh, very affordable pledges from you know basic digital for you know six dollars up to you know the everything package. So, um, and I do have a. Uh, uh, a very good reputation for delivering things on time. <laughs> yes, she does. Oh, there. I, I'm, I'm going to be one of those people that's going to be honest with you. People who do not deliver on time. It. Let's put it this way. I have one that I backed two and a half years ago, and there's been no update in over a year on it. Yeah, I as. As part of the Kickstarter community, as both a backer and a creator, I mean, to me, that's that's a problem. And I always understand sometimes there really are honest delays. You know, life happens, tragedy happens. Um, you know, you just need to let your backers know. And as long as you keep them up to date, they're usually pretty gracious. And and to me, when I say on time, I think anything within a few months of your original delivery date is on time. <laughs> the, 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 the worst thing someone could do is not let hey backers just let you know we hit this hiccup but it looks like you're the eta of being able to get your project is going to be such a such a such a that yeah. i have no problem with when i spent a lot of money on something to back you and i actually get to see you in public because i know you <laughs> and you tell me you're going on a trip to japan because of a new project that you're working on and you didn't finish the project that i gave you money for we have a problem yeah um it was really nice one of my regular backers uh put up a comment which you could actually see on in the comment section of the uh, the kickstarter page uh, he said, uh, we are off funded again, have backed all the BMS Kickstarters and can say with confidence that Madeline is a star as far as these things are concerned. Also, the fact that the product is such a special thing, intelligent and interesting, and, 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 you know, and he can also recommend the, the short story collection um, doesn't hurt. So he's looking forward to having it in his hands. And you know, to me, it's like so you know, wonderful to have someone say that. Um, oh yeah, you know, publicly, because I do work very hard. I, I you know I tell people exactly what my process is, you know, for fulfillment. Um, uh, my buddy Russell Nolte, who's from One of E Press, you know, he's he's the he's the kind of guy like he'll spend seven hours straight packing all his stuff and then getting them out, which is awesome, and I give him great kudos for that. I can't do that. <laughs> I have you know, other things I have to do. You're like the Kickstarter queen. You even have a book out about how to make like how to really run Kickstarter, which gives really great tips and points to people, especially those who've either never ran one or they've tried it before and they failed. This gives them a really great insight on how to make it successful. Yeah, we um yeah, I I wrote that about three years ago. Actually the second edition is out now. Uh it's called Kickstarter for the Independent Creator. And I wrote it 
specifically for people like me who they're not looking for $100,000. You know, there's some great crowdfunding books out there, but they're usually huge, and you can't digest that much information. So essentially, I wrote a field guide to how to run a Kickstarter if it's just you or maybe a partner, and uh, it just it gives you a roadmap with no BS. Um, and I'm very happy to say I've you know talked to people and um, the uh, the reviews I've gotten. It's it's been really helpful for people, and I'm really happy about that. So yeah, that you can on Amazon or whatever. Take your tips from the Kickstarter queen here, people. Trust me, you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, which speaking, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I as we talked about earlier before we we got on, I also have um there's another project of mine. Um I'm I'm not running the Kickstarter, uh but I'm the writer on it called Kasai the Homecoming from Evolution Publishing. It has a week to go and could definitely use a little love right now. Uh it's a really interesting. It's my first superhero comic, and it's about a woman who is half human and half fire demon, who lives, uh, who is also a pro wrestler, and she is forced to go home to uh, Kyoto, Japan, uh, but discovers a greater challenge than she ever faced in the ring, which happens to be her family, and her family is—they're a bunch of demigods, so. Um, it was a lot of fun doing action scenes and uh, getting deep into Japanese culture, uh, but ultimately it's really a, a father-daughter story. Um, so nice. I had a lot of fun with that. And the art, Alessandro Mercolo is doing the art. It is just off the hook. So if you're listening, go check out Kasai as well. That's K-A-S-A-I. And it's just, it's just beautiful. He's just knocking it out of the park. I couldn't be happier. Very nice. Now, getting back into your Kickstarter, the other yes. one that you're working on right now, um, it's the Scourge of the Mechanical Men. So right. how far is this from the ending of the last one? It's actually right after. Um, the uh, the six-issue series I did, which is a complete series, it's a complete story arc, but at the end, um, Granville Woods, the, the African-American scientist uh, who's part of the, the main characters, his niece uh, shows up at the office and says, you know, Uncle Gran, you have to go home. So, you know, you have to come home. And so this is what happens directly right after uh, that. So he goes home to find out essentially what she wants. And we go from there. Um, so, so yeah, without, it is a it is a direct continuation. Yeah, if you look, you can you'll see the first three pages. Basically, Tesla is hiding in his house. <laughs> and the rest. So without of Boston, giving away too much, what is like what's going on in the comic? Um, essentially, Granville and Tesla uh, are forced to work together to stop um, another genius scientist, a woman, and uh, her twin brother who have uh, figured out a way to turn men into machines and uh, that they can control. So even though Tesla and Granville don't like each other very much, 
uh, once again, they realize there's a greater threat to Boston, and they have to work together to stop it. Nice. Sounds very Doctor Who-ish. <laughs> yeah, people keep saying that. I do have a new um, artist on board. Uh, Emily Hugh did the original six issues, and mm-hmm. uh, she's gone on to bigger and better things. She's now a storyboard artist for Marvel. Um, Congratulations! I'm no, I'm so happy for her. She's really she's what a talent and a wonderful human being. Um, and so is Gwen. Gwen Tavares is is the new artist on board for this story, and she's just done an amazing job um i love the look the detail um the kind of you know dark overtones that she's done and you've probably seen the cover um oh yeah if you're looking yeah you can see the cover yeah you can see she's just i've actually had people go like that looks kind of doctor Whoish," and i said that's not necessarily a bad thing <laughs> no it's not um, especially with the following that Doctor Who has, that could be a very good thing. It's just, just as soon as I hear the mechanical men, all I could think of, I don't know. Do you have you ever watched Doctor Who? Yeah, yeah, I have. Okay, did you watch like the yeah. Den- the David Tennant season and the clock people that had like the old like Victorian style wigs and everything? that's all? I'm pick- I, as soon as you start talking about that, that's what I pictured. I'm like, the clock people, they were terrifying. I've <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not a big Doctor Who fan. I don't know if I should be saying that out loud. Um, I was a Torchwood fan. I love Torchwood. Uh Um, But I've seen I've seen a number of episodes, but completely out of order for for Doctor Who. Um, And I'll honestly, I I don't really... I did enjoy it. What was my favorite? Oh, the one where they were in the library. I think Matt Smith. Yeah, it was the two-parter. Because I heard so many good things about it, and so I like made my husband watch it, and sometimes I have to make them. And he went like, that was really good. <laughs> uh, our first introduction to River's song, and she whispers the doctor's name in his ear. I love it. I yeah. love that episode. Yeah, that was really good. He's going like, huh, that was surprisingly good. <laughs> that was surprisingly but... good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, it's okay. Well, I'll let it slide. I may be a Whovian, but I can let it slide. At at least you know a little bit about it. It's better than my sister, who's like, he's a Gallimimus. No, that's a dinosaur. He's a Gallifreyan. You're you're mixing Jurassic Park with Doctor Who. I don't know what you're doing there. (laughs) Yeah, and, and the Daleks and the, you know, all that fun stuff. But yeah, when they did the, the Torchwood spinoff with with Captain Jack, um, yeah, we really we enjoyed that quite a bit. Oh, John Barrowman! Oh yeah, you sexy thing. You sexy thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's such the gentleman too. I was uh, San Diego Comic Con a number of years ago, <clears throat> and I was sitting in the lobby of I forget which hotel, uh, waiting for someone for a meeting, and he comes running through the lobby. Um, clearly in a hurry and someone like stops him to get a self he goes like he goes i'm late i'm really late i'm really really late and he stops and he smiles and she takes a picture but he stopped with the fan he was so gracious and he was you could tell he was like totally rushed but he was just such the consummate gentleman and he stopped took a picture he said oh my god i am so late and he like ran out of the lobby um (laughs) (laughs) but he still took the time even though he was clearly late for, it could have been a panel. Who knows? I have no idea. 
Um, right. Uh, there's so much that they do at these conventions, and the the more and the nerdier, more popular ones are always busy running somewhere. Yeah, but he just, you know, not a lot of celebrities, you know, when when they're on their show and when they're doing their thing, they're wonderful. But in their private time, not so much. <laughs> and, I can, and I can understand that because it can get really old and tiresome. But, you know, your fans are your fans, and they're the ones that feed you. So uh, you need to always be, no matter how bad you feel or how late you are, you need to be gracious and generous because, you know, these are the people who are paying your rent, so to speak. <laughs> If it wasn't for your fans, you wouldn't be living in that house you have right now. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. You know, particularly you know, for people you know at his level and above. But uh, yeah, I just I had to handle it, hand it to him for he just handled it so well and and was wonderful. So I I, I mean I see I, that. Go ahead. No, what I, no. What I was gonna say is, this is like even if you would have been like, uh, you know, sorry, love, I really got to go. I am so far behind. I mean, it's even more props to the fact that he stopped. I would have given him props just if he was polite about it instead of like some of the other ones that I have seen where they just like brush people off. Like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was surprised he even stopped because he was clearly in like a really big hurry. But he did. He stopped, took the photo, and then ran out the door. See, people, if y'all would just get us our teleporters, these problems would be null and void. We could just teleport from place to place to place to place and not have these problems of being late ever. Yeah, but then... then Who am I People would still be late. (laughs) Well, it's not like that. It's not just that. You would miss the interaction with the fans. The fact that you have to run through a lobby and talk to people and deal with people... I mean, that's what, of course, makes San Diego Comic-Con special is that you literally run into John Barrowman and, and, you know, the guys from Supernatural in a hotel lobby or at a bar or something because they're just there hanging out. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. You, would, you would miss that, but still, a teleporter would be nice, even though yeah. I, know, um, I know Americans and they would still find a way to be late. I, I don't know how, but they would. Yes. I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, so, do we get a hint on what the next big um, uh, what? Oh, I just totally forgot what it is called. Um, you got the stretch goal. What the next stretch goal might be? Oh, um, the like, second yeah. stretch goal, which which I've announced, that's up on there, is um, uh, a, what's called a comic bundle. It's uh, six different digital comics that I've cur- curated from uh, some people I've known o- online and, and some from cons, mostly online. Um, uh, as some of you may or may not know, Boston Metaphysical started out as a webcomic, and the original series still is a webcomic. And so while I was building it online, obviously I made a lot of friends online of other people who do uh, long-form long form and short form uh web comics. And so uh in previous Kickstarters I've done comic bundles, but this time I really I wanted to focus on some of the online folks that don't necessarily, you know, they're not able to go to cons. Um and they don't get a lot of visibility, but they have wonderful work. And so yeah, I have uh six of them up and 
one you've probably let's see I can probably of Russell Nolte, which I've you probably anyone who's done a con has seen him before. Um, yes. He's he does like eighty cons a year. Uh great guy. Very knowledgeable, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um yeah, as part of the package, uh we have Russell Nolte's uh his graphic novel, Katrina Hates the Dead, which is a great post apocalyptic uh story. Uh we have Jody Suskin's Gods of the Game, which you actually might find fun because it's about a group of friends who love to play RPGs and but then find themselves in the world they created. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's every night dream I have since the day I was born. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other one is, and this is personal favorite, uh, Demon Hunter Kane by Gil Burrell. And um, all of these are like the first issues. And it's about a, a, a teenager um, who fights demons. And um, it's a, a you know, young African-American man um, so I was also looking for diversity in in the mm-hmm. comics I chose, so uh, people get a nice a nice swath of different stuff that they might never find. But yeah, I like Demon Hunter Kane. That's just that's a good story. Uh, Retro Blade by Freya Horn, and um, that's a also kind of it's a time travel thing. Uh, America's Kingdom by Brian Hawkins 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 Hawkins. That's right. Uh, and that's a, an alternate history of modern-day America, which uh, lost the Revolutionary War. So we have a monarchy, and that's really interesting. Uh, and Soul's Journey by Sophie, and I cannot pronounce her last name. She's actually out of Germany. <laughs> and um, it's about a prince who's turned into a wolf. Uh, the art is absolutely lovely. Um, so definitely... Check those out, and hopefully we'll. I'll get to have a. I have a whole other. I've curated another bundle, so hopefully we will get to a later stretch goal. Um, we'll have those. So. Oh, you will. I know you will. Why? Because your comic is absolutely amazing. It the 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 people that you pick. Um, your artist, uh, Gwendolyn, just being able to see the pages that you have here on the Kickstarter, she really mimics exactly what you write. Yeah, she does. She does. Um, she... By the way, the entire time you said that you didn't know how to pronounce Sophie's name, I'm trying to go, Fortune Schneider? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I do not how to pronounce Sophie's name. I know you don't pronounce the P, so I know you started with the Frotzen. I know that part. That's about as far as I'm going to get with that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things I've loved about your comics is you're very detailed um, you really do develop your characters throughout the story um, the stories are just so you, you just have to constantly go to the next page you're just constantly entranced and you feel like you're right there with your characters and the people that you have that work for you um, whether they're your letterers whether they're your artists they really convey everything. You could definitely tell that you are all on the same page, which is yeah. something that, you know, some, unfortunately with some independent comics, it doesn't look like everybody was on the same page, but it really looks like everybody was on the exact same page. It's like you guys were just like, you were writing in and went here. So this is my idea and these are my feelings and they were sitting right next to you. Yeah, I, I am 
fairly detailed in my scripts, uh, but I don't micromanage my artist. So if they have an inspiration or something, I mean, I, I hire artists because I want them to be artists. Uh, but uh, I do write in a way, and I was just taught how to write it this way. Uh, as long as they have certain things within the panel, so both story and character are developed, um, then, you know, I, they kind of have free reign. Uh, Gwen also did the coloring for Scourge of the Mechanical Man. Um, she did. Nice. She did everything. She did everything. She's amazing. <laughs> I love amazing. everything. Like it's everything. like the most exciting thing of everything. Quit it like everything. Did everything, <laughs> and of course, I have Troy Pateri back as letterer. Um, I was really fortunate when when I first started this project that all the people who came to me were referred through mutual friends. So. Um, you know, there was already some trust involved. And even uh, Emily, who, who did the first series, uh, that was her first book. And uh, I don't think she's done any other books. Um, she's kind of semi-famous in, in anime manga world. And occasionally, I think there was one time we actually got to be at a con together. I think it was Long Beach Comic Con about three three years ago. And there would be these young women who would look across and they'd go like, oh my God, that's Emily Hugh, and they would totally plot. They were literally like <laughs> shaking in front of her, and, I, and she was just so cute about it that it was, it was funny to watch them just kind of lose it. It's like, can I shake your hand? She's going like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The, the, the one thing that I've noticed is as people as people start to recognize the work that you do, it's funny to watch people like people like you, me, a lot of other independent creators, and the first time they actually get their first like fan, and they're just like, it's you, and you're just like, uh huh, it's me. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? <laughs> and, and and it has to be such a surreal experience, you know, for anybody to go from okay, I'm still working like two jobs to support this profession that I absolutely love and adore, which I want to make a career out of, and then the next thing you know, someone's like, oh my god, it's you, and because I've seen it, I've seen these. Big, wide eyes, like, hi, how are you? And then I think the next funniest thing is when someone goes, how much for your autograph? And they're like, I can just sign it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. And what's even more fun is that um, some of the fans have become friends, you know, over the years. And and that's probably the best part is, you know, I'll go to cons and, uh, you know, these some of these people, you know, Let's go have dinner. <laughs> Let's go have a beer. Let's go have a conversation. And um, they're, you know, they're absolutely fascinating. Um, my husband does. I try not to terrorize him too much. He, we kind of all fell into this five years ago and never knew that I'd be doing cons like this and everything. But he actually does panels now at WonderCon in San Diego on a regular basis called No Tow Trucks Beyond Mars. He's been at um, JPL, Jet Propulsion Labs, for a long time. And so he brings a group of rocket scientists, and they talk about all the mistakes they made and tell funny stories that you never get to hear otherwise. And they love him. He actually has his own groupies now, which I think is hysterical. Uh, 
but yeah, he's going to be at WonderCon um, with that panel, and I'm sure they'll have him back at San Diego as well. But he, norm- yeah, he normally only works WonderCon and San Diego with me, but I got into Denver Comic Con, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. I'm so happy to be going, and he's going to be going to that. We're actually going to drive because my brother and sister-in-law live out there, so we're going to go stay with them and and work the con and you know visit family, do a whole wrap it into one big thing and but uh so I'm very excited to be there. I'm glad they accepted that me. It took awesome. me it took me three years, you know, of applying to get in and finally I got in. So I was gonna say if you just want to come to Ohio, I could get you into at least two shows, not a problem. I mean you just want to come out this way. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not it's you do have to look at the expenses involved, you know, so yeah. It's it's tough. I'll get you a room for free. You just got to figure out how to get here. <laughs> yeah, well, some, I'm working. Some... I'm, I'm working on bringing you out here eventually. I'm be, I, I do this to my boss every year because I, I don't know if I told you this. I now manage one of the uh, comic book conventions. It's not a multimedia show, so we don't have, like, all the celebrities. It's really focused on comic oh. creators. Okay. I actually manage one of those. I do all of their social media and everything. And I'm just like, he's like, so so what kind of new talent do you see? And I'm like, okay, well, here's Madeline's and here's Laura's and here's, like, here's a list of my people and the comics I read. Bring them instead. He's like, I can't bring what you want. Yes, you can. Just bring what I want. <laughs> well, this is definitely something we can talk about offline. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping to so, get into uh, uh, Dragon Con this year as well. So oh, uh, we, love we, will, we will see because I have a place to stay there, uh, which is a big plus. And if they have me as a guest, then I, it, I can go because, um, you know, the, it's just an expense thing, you know, because I still oh, got to fly yeah. out there. I've still got to ship things out there. So, but if, yeah, if, if I'm there as a guest and, and I'm staying at a, an old friend's house, then I'm good to go. Well, at least, you know, at least you have a place to stay. Have you ever been to Dragon Con, like, even as a fan? No, I have not. It is huge. It is absolutely to die for. And I I call it my party convention every year. It's the convention that I go to to just lay back and totally party. Uh, uh. Well, I I hope to go. I'm definitely looking forward to it because... Uh, yeah, we'll see what they say. We'll see what they say. Uh, but yeah. Here's I'm sorry, what? I say, here's crossing my fingers. DragonCon better let you in, or else they're missing out on probably one of the best talents right now. But, yeah, and I'm available for panels, too, of course. Yay, panels! Which, um, do you get to do a lot of panels at the shows that you go to? It depends on the show, and usually uh, a friend of mine by the name of, of Susan Lee, she is an artist and a novelist, uh, started a panel called Women on the Dark Side, which talks about uh, women, it's a women-only panel that we discuss talking about darker characters, uh, complex female characters, and She's been bringing that one around. She, I get rotated in and out of that um, now. 
she had it for the first time at San Diego Comic-Con, and it was amazing. We had a packed room. Um, and I, I usually, I know enough people now in the business that I get rotated in and out of a lot of panels and various cons. So I don't even try to submit. I just, fortunately, I'm in the position now that people come to me, which is kind of nice. So I don't have to work that hard at it, but uh, (laughs) I, I work hard when I do the panel. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. So, um, a lot of people may not know a little bit about Boston Metaphysical or your, the comics that you do there. Um, I noticed that they, they're different to a lot of the comics that people read nowadays. Um, tell them, please tell the, our listeners, because I know there's one person who's listening right now. Um, just go ahead and tell them a little bit about what make, why it's a little more different than most of the other comics that most people read today. Um, it is character-driven. It is entirely character driven, uh, which some comics are and some aren't. And uh, I do deal with um, there are three themes I almost always deal with in everything I write, and and this just kind of happened almost by accident. And one is classism. Um, I deal a lot with classism within. Um, my universe, uh, sexism and racism, but I try very hard not to do it so I'm lecturing or pounding you over the head with it. It is an integral part of the world that the characters live in and have to deal with. So obviously it's a mere reflection of our own society, but set in a different world. You know, in this place, right. it's, it's an alternate, it's an alternate history um, of of Boston and the United States, which actually I call uh, the great states of America. Uh, hmm. and, and in the future, I actually have a novel written, um, the first Boston metaphysical novel. It's actually with the editor right now. And I hope to get that out this year. And it goes, it allows the prose, because I enjoy the prose, it does allow me to get much deeper in to the world building um, than I have time for in the comic. Uh, nice. And, and it's called uh, Boston Metaphysical Society, uh, A Storm of Secrets, and it starts, the story starts five years before the comic begins, and uh, Samuel Hunter, who's one of the main characters in the comic, uh, his wife is still alive. And... Um, so we get to meet her and just the politics and her budding ability as a medium and a psychic and how that kind of turns their world upside down. So Nice. So I have to ask, so mm-hmm. you've written for comics and now you have this novel coming out. Was there a, a different, was there a way of transitioning from writing from a comic to a novel? Was it just easier to write the novel? Do you find a comic books? You know, what's kind of the difference between writing the two? Um, I still structure them out. Uh, I don't know if you remember, I was uh, I have an MFA in screenwriting from UCLA, and Boston Metaphysical was originally a TV pilot that I wrote while I was there, and then I adapted it into a six-issue miniseries. So I've been adapting my own material for a while now. And... Uh, 
so going into prose was was interesting uh and you know you obviously you make mistakes with everything and uh you because with prose you're just allowed like more space and time and to do whatever you want with and then i realized i said you know prose the prose would even be better if i approached it like a comic <laughs> because quite <laughs> frankly i think um learning how to write comics makes you a better writer because it forces you to boil down your story into the bare fundamentals of what it is. And um, so you really have to be very, very focused. So each panel moves the story forward or develops character, and hopefully both. But it has to do at least one. It can't. You can't just nice. have a, a panel for filler. Anyone who talks about filler, and my my husband like watched me. He's like, "Oh, is that filler?" And he, he watched my head just want to explode. Yeah, there's no room for filler. I mean, every single panel has to do something, and it's the same thing with prose. I mean, it's just different. And um, I have said, I've having well, I wrote a whole anthology. I have like three or four novellas and. Uh, three short stories. Uh, it's called. It's actually in an anthology called Boston Metaphysical Prelude uh, that I wrote while we were in production, and uh, that helped me develop canon for the entire series. And uh, I just, it just, it allows me to get deeper into other aspects of different characters and the politics and. It's it's fun, but it's a lot of work, and <laughs> it's all a lot of work. Doesn't matter whether it's a, com- a comic or, or yeah, it really doesn't. Other than the fact that comics are faster than to write than a novel. <laughs> I'm just I'm just laughing because you're like no no filler, and it's and like that's like a common theme with like almost anything. Like at like it, you know, like you were talking earlier. Um, uh, your Emily used to do um mangas and stuff. And one of the things with manga, uh, mangas being transferred into anime was as they're waiting for the next manga to come out, they come up with all these filler episodes, which are just despised amongst the anime community. And you're just like, <laughs> no fillers. And I'm just laughing because I was just like, wow, I just had this discussion about this with anime earlier today. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm I mean, sorry like if everyone... you heard me giggling in the background. I wasn't giggling at what you were saying. Uh, you've known me for long enough. You know my mind. As soon as they hear something, it just has like this little picture in there going, and this is what you're seeing now. <laughs> uh, oh, but, just... Yeah, it just, and my husband is really on me because, well, in the trade is a a short story called Hunter Killer. It's a sequential art short story, and where I introduce three new characters, and they are the crew of a small prototype airship um, and it, the class of airship is called the Hunter Killer and the name of the airship is called the Philadelphia. And they are essentially at the forefront of the equivalent of uh, Fort Sumner, uh, the beginning of the Civil War. And they are, that's the beginning of what I call the House Wars, which is my version of the Civil War. And, of course, my husband has heard me talk about this, of course, for years. And he says, you have to write the novel 
novels actually of the house wars. He goes, this, he goes, I want you to go do that. And I said, well, you know, I have to have time to do that. <laughs> but I'm like, well, yeah, have time. Time. Between uh, the second between um the second edition of your Kickstarter book coming out, two well, actually, that's already, running, that's already novel out. Novel coming out. Yeah, the Kickstarter right, second I mean, edition. Yeah, that's yeah, that's out. Um I may have time, of course, things keep happening. I actually have I think five uh short sequential art stories coming out in anthologies this year, which is really exciting. Um because I get to work with a bunch of different artists, and that's always great. Uh, one was funded last year called The Fourth Monkey, and it's a social and environmentally focused uh, anthology. And I did a short story called The Scout, which is about bees and pesticides. And um, and it's a story about a scout bee. And other yeah. people did whatever they wanted about oil and air and... Um, all sorts of things. Um, it, the art is just tremendous. I think this one is actually going to win awards. It's just, it's beautiful. Um, this year, let's see, uh, I have a story in the Edgar Allan Poe project, which I think is going to launch in March. I have another story, which is just was hysterical to write, uh, that's going to be, uh, it's called uh, Cthulhu is Hard to Spell, Ain't It, from Wannabe Press. <laughs> and we all have to deal with the uh, the old gods, and mine is called the marriage counselor. Anyway, I think you guys will love it. Uh, that'll be out in. I think Russell's gonna launch that in September. That's already done. That's with the artist. And then I was invited to uh, submit uh, to be part of another anthology at Luna Press. Uh, it's a steampunk thing through a gentleman whose persona is called the Airship Ambassador. And so I have like I have that to do after this is over, plus fulfillment, and I think I might actually be able to start outlining the House Wars trilogy. So, oh, you actually got really to exciting. let me know when that Cthulhu one comes out. Yeah, I think people really, I mean, I've seen the other stories. They are so good. Um, they're very humorous. They're fun. Uh, I'm working with um, Melissa Massey is the artist, and uh, she'd already done some character sketches before. I gave her like, okay, here's the pitch, here's the log line. And so Russell said, yeah, you're in. <laughs> and she says, I love this, I love this, I can't wait. And she did character sketches, which I, she captured the tone perfectly. So uh, I really look forward to seeing um, what she does. But yeah, that'll be out. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll tag you when we go live and let you know. Awesome. Well, little cute little hint. I'm a I'm a Cthulhuist. My bathroom is completely decorated in Cthulhu. So yeah. Oh yes, you will love it. You will just love it. Some are are Cthulhu stories, and some are old god stories. And um, I I guess. A lot of people did the Cthulhu stories, so I definitely said, I got to do an old God story. So I went and did research because I'm actually not a Lovecraftian fan. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just not. I've read Lovecraft and went like, okay, this is just too weird and dark and creepy for me. But, um, yeah, I started reading about some of the old gods and, and got an idea and just started 
talking out loud, and then my husband said, marriage counselor, and I went like, that's it. That's the story. <laughs> and so then I ran away and wrote the story. Uh, it must be so nice to have um, your husband being so supportive and being part of this. Yeah, I think he has a good time. I think he has a good time. But uh, uh, I, I I try not to. I, like I said, I don't have him, you know, with me at every con because he does have a life and he does have better things to do. Um, so I, I pick and choose, and uh, and he enjoys doing WonderCon in San Diego. So, uh, yeah. So obviously, you guys will be going back to San Diego this year, and you're yes, doing WonderCon, in- and you said Denver, yeah. correct? Yes. Uh, Any other shows anybody needs to know about? Yeah, let's see. Where am I at? Um, my schedule. Uh, yeah, Pasadena Spring Art Night, which is March 9th. Then we got WonderCon. Oh, I'm at Silicon Valley Comic Con in April. Ooh. Then I'm at uh, Comic Con Revolution in Ontario in May. I'm waiting to hear back from Phoenix and San Francisco. I'm on the, I know I'm on the waiting list for Phoenix. Um, I'm in Denver and San Diego and waiting on Dragon Con. Uh, I'll be at the Gaslight Expo in San Diego in October, which is if you have never done a steampunk convention, that's the one to go to because it's at the town and country. And it's not huge, but the panels and the workshops are so much fun. They have teapot racing and tea dueling and uh, you can learn how to make goggles and leather working plus go the panels I mean I I was on a panel with Tim Powers and Werner Vinge who's a grandmaster of science fiction we were on three panels together this past year and we just had so much fun talking um, and talking to our audience that it was it was great it's What's really nice is they do get very good guests at Gaslight and like Werner and, you know, you don't have to wait in line to talk to them. You can literally, like, pull up a chair and start a conversation. Okay. You've blown my mind, and now I have to know what this is. What in the world is teapot racing? (laughs) You know, I've actually never been able to see it because I've been working. Uh, But I think they put the teapots... (laughs) on wheels and they just it's like little mini go-karts I think or something but it's really is it is it is a blast um so it's it's a nice introduction to steampunk you don't have to come dressed if you don't want to you know there's no dress code but uh it's just it's just good silly fun and it's great for the whole family so oh my it, it, is, it is it is family friendly Okay, so I have to admit, I ran straight over to Google, and I just Google searched teapot racing. And um, if you've ever seen, like, those um, where they build, like, the little machines to kill each other, they build, like, these little teapot carts, and they race them on this little itty-bitty track, and it's the cutest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, See, yeah, you teach me something new every time you come on my show. Every time. Uh no, there's a lot of oh, I, yeah. I as you know, I do a lot of cons. So um Oh yeah. It's it's just it's a lot of fun to uh uh to you know, to see all this stuff. So yeah, I'm 
probably a good reference point of, of you know what would be a good con for the family or not or you know or if you just want an introduction to steampunk without getting overwhelmed um yeah there's there's two two actually two great steampunk shows in San Diego one is in May called Gaslight Gathering and the other one in October is Gaslight Expo and they're they're both wonderful nice i think the one in May is at the Handlery Hotel and yeah, the expo is at Town and Country. Awesome. Now, um, with your Kickstarter, Boston Metaphysical, The Scourge of the Mechanical Men, yeah. um, like we said, we have twenty three days left to go. Um, like you said, you have ranging everywhere from, you know, making a pledge without a reward where anybody could pledge anywhere from one buck to nothing. But your actual pledges start at six bucks. Yes. Where people could get the digital reward, which is, you know, digital is always nice because yeah, that means you could take it everywhere with you. Yeah, and that's, 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 always the, the, that's, that's the basic uh, pledge where you get a PDF of the 44-page uh, book. So, and, um, then, and then it and then starts at $10 plus shipping. You, uh, you get an actual hard copy. And this is, by the way, going to be perfect bound. And the the story itself is 34 pages, but it's a 44-page perfect bound book, which means extras. So uh, I have like a a map of Boston that I had done. Um, You know, there's going to be, you know, bios, lots of fun stuff in there. And then, of course, everything runs all the way up to your $350 pledge, which is your Kickstarter premium consolation package, which is basically everything. Yeah. Yeah, plus you get to anyway, spend, spend three hours talking to me about your Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, unfortunately, I may never need the three hours talking to you about a Kickstarter since um, I don't I don't plan on ever actually doing one, but I get the joy of getting to talk to you for an hour. There you go. <laughs> there you but go. But no, I mean, and, and I don't want to see people, um, whether you're a steampunk fan or not, this is a fantastic comic. Um, when you look at the way how she develops her characters and the way that her and her team work, you're going to be in that comic. You're going to feel like you're right there with these characters. You're going to grow attachments to these characters, the way that she develops them out. Um, the, the style, whether you go from her original ones done by Emily Hugh all the way to um, Gwendolyn. Gwen. How do you pronounce her last name? Just Gwen. Just call her Gwen. Gwen Tavares. Tavares. Yeah. You know, she definitely has taken up the mantle and has done a fantastic job expressing exactly what you've written. You can definitely tell just from the cover alone. And the fact that you've told me that she does the coloring, it's just, it pops so well. It's fantastic. I could never get down shading trying to color, which is why I never became a colorist. I love coloring can't do the whole shading thing it it always looks like i just darkened the area out with a black marker it doesn't look right (laughs) so i'm so jealous about that you have no idea i'm like how do i make it look like it's in the shade oh well i just ruined it throw that away but no seriously um i got to read the first comic um i you sent me a pdf of it actually and i was just absolutely enthralled and guys i'm not i until I met her, I didn't even know what steampunk was. So going into this comic, just the way that you write your story arcs 
they're just so entertaining and the story just sucks you in and learning about the characters is absolutely fantastic so if you're looking for a really great comic and even if you haven't read the first one, go take a look at the pledges. You can actually get the the first issue, a lot of her web comics, the next issue. You're not going to be disappointed. And also for those of you who are into Kickstarters and just really wanting to know a little bit about how running a Kickstarter, definitely look up Madeline's stuff. Definitely check out both her first and second issue about running a Kickstarter because she talks about being an independent creator versus being already popular to where as soon as you say I'm doing a Kickstarter, you crash the system and it's already funded because we've all seen yeah. that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> in in my book, Kickstarter for the Independent Creator, I do start if you have like a zero fan backing. You know, if, you, if you're literally starting from zero because some people – read the book and they are they they're starting from zero but others do have say you know a little fan base so they can move on to like the next section of the book so like okay i have this so this is the next thing i have to do and trust me this this is what your six that you've created so far and it's already been and they've all been funded right except for the first one the the very first one yes uh that's where we learned the hard way uh and um uh yeah that the very first one failed but uh, we re-strategized and relaunched and everyone since then has been successful uh and usually yeah. usually fairly quickly uh so yeah it um you just you know it it was really hard <laughs> when that one failed but uh you learn from your mistakes and you move on well, remember what the, remember what Alfred told Mr. Wayne. Why do we fall, Mr. Wayne? So we can brush ourselves off and stand back up. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Madeline, tell everybody where they can find more information on you, Kickstarter, upcoming conventions, and works previous and for future. Uh, you can always go to our website at www.bostonmetaphysicalsociety.com. Uh, you can go to, which will have the links to the Kickstarter and to all the books, uh, or you can just hop on to Kickstarter, type in Boston Metaphysical or Scourge of the Mechanical Men, and that'll pop right up. I think we're actually either on the first or second page of uh, the most popular for comics right now. That ebbs and flows every hour, so um, uh, we're somewhere in there. And uh, and check it out. Uh, I think people will enjoy it. Uh, and oh, I know they will. Mm. I know they will. They, you, you may think I, I I already know they will, so I, I have no worries about that. What? I'm positive. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> But no, seriously, guys, follow her over on Twitter. She's always updating and letting you know some of the the newest news that's coming out. Um, and definitely go check out the Kickstarter. And of course, if you can't make a pledge because you know you just don't have it in you, which we understand that, you know, share. share. Yeah, retweet, share, post, whatever. I love that too. That's always awesome. 
And of course, um, we want to thank Madeline for joining us today. Um, she's a very busy woman, and for her to take time out of her busy schedule to come and share all this amazing information with us, we greatly appreciate it. And of course, you guys out there, if you want to learn more about AGT, you can follow us everywhere. We are on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we even have the website. Everything is Amanda Gillen Presents. Remember, Gillen spelled like William, but with the G instead of a W, except for Twitter. It's Amanda G Presents because someone already had Amanda Gillum Prez, like Amanda Gillum's president or something. So we went with Amanda G Presents. And then you can find out more about the podcast and, of course, our live Let's Plays that we do over on YouTube. And again, major kudos to Madeline. Congratulations on already having your Kickstarter funded. And I see a couple more stretch goals coming into play here soon. So well, I'll be I hope so. what the next ones are. I hope so, because I love to give people goodies, because it's so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, guys, we wish you a wonderful night. Um, I know a lot of you are still recovering from the Super Bowl. I know I am. I was so happy to see the Eagles win. Yay, (laughs) caca! Yeah, no, that was nice. Uh, I... I, oh, my poor neighbors, when Brady got sacked and I screamed so loud, it, I did, did. you just heard everybody go, hush, sorry, got a little excited, my bad, but all in all, it was a great, did you watch the halftime, by the way, of that, did you get to see the halftime show? Uh, no, but I think I heard it from next door, I think we were out walking the dogs. <laughs> if you get a chance, you should actually watch it. There's this scene when Justin Timberlake actually goes up into the crowd, and there's this little boy sitting in the audience, and he stops, turns around, and lets the kid have a selfie. And the kid is just so excited; he's just sitting there when he comes back down, just texting everybody like, "Justin Timberlake took a selfie with me. I'm so happy." <laughs> there's so another. Awesome. There's another guy who knows how to handle fans well. Yes, it is. But really um, on that note, guys. Uh, Madeline, I'm sure she needs to get back to work and me, I've got to get back to work because now I have to go finish editing more videos. Be glad that you get to write because editing videos, horrible. (laughs) (laughs) At least when you write, you can't hear yourself talk. And when you're editing videos and you're talking in it and you hear yourself, it's like the most cringeworthy thing ever. And, of course, don't forget, guys, AGP is now on iTunes. So if you don't get to listen to it live here and you need to take this with you, head over to iTunes and just download it there, and you can have AGP with you wherever you go. On that note, again, Madeline, thank you so much for reaching out and wanting to be on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure, and we'll see you all next week at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.